listening to Tazzy Encounters on Faith FM. And we're coming to you right across Australia from Hobart, Tasmania. And uh, every weekday on at 9am, you you can tune in and listen to our program from Tazzy Encounters. And of course, on Tuesdays, we have Gary Webster with us. Now, Gary's joining us all the way from Western Australia. And uh, welcome, Gary. Welcome, Gary. Hey, Jason. Great to be here again. It's good to have you. Good to have you. Gary, uh, you've done a lot of travels in your times over the, you know, the times that you've been uh, exploring the world of archaeology and I guess uh, for other reasons you've been travelling around the world as well. But uh, I know you've been to Egypt a few times and I just wanted to know if there's something that stands out in your memories from Egypt that you'd like to share. Oh, yeah, good good question, Jason. Uh, well, aside from the people, because I love the people of Egypt, they really, really friendly people. I think it'd probably, one that stands out would have to be going into the Cairo Museum and seeing all the incredible treasures of Tutankhamun. I mean, hmm, not, not short of gold in that, uh, from that tomb. So that's, that sort of stands out in a big way. And, and uh, yeah, incredible to see what, and he was only a minor king, by the way, Jason. Mm. Um, not, not like, you know, Tutmosis the, the third or, or Ramesses the second. You know, imagine what the treasures would have been like out of those tombs. Yeah, and so uh, a lot of these um, tombs have been sort of raided, and and uh, the, some of the things have stolen. Is that right? But in this case, it was pretty much intact. Is that right? Yes, yes. It had it had been raided. When we say raided, it had been entered, but for some reason they 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 pushed everything back in, in in again and sealed it up maybe they got caught you know they heard someone coming and uh, never got back to it but mm. yeah so it, they knew that someone had entered it but then sealed it off again ah, mm. very good well just the team uh, robbers helped themselves to everything else okay yeah um just before we get on to our program i'll just remind our listeners uh that you can text us in our tassie encounters number is zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one that's zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one we're going to have a book offer that we'll tell you about a bit later in the program but uh, also we'd love to hear from you any feedback any questions uh, you can text us in on that number anytime and we do monitor that and we'll get back to you as soon as we can so gary uh <clears throat> last week we've been uh, the last couple of weeks we've been talking about the uh, story of joseph and uh, before that, we were talking about Jacob, I believe. Now, uh, we're moving into a different area today. Can you tell us where we're going today? Yes, yes. I want to look at um, at the Egyptian journey to eternity. While we're down in Egypt with Joseph, it's worth uh, pausing and just looking at their concept of, of how they believe you could have eternity. They seem to be obsessed with this idea of eternity. You know, they, they mummified bodies. They um, they had the tomb to protect the body, the great pyramids, and we just seem to have lost Gary there for a moment. Let's hope that he comes back. If he doesn't, we'll have to play some music and come back to you. We have uh, he's still gone. I'll just put a little track on and we'll come back uh, shortly. Amazing 
sweet sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. Jaden Lavick with Amazing Grace. We're still trying to get Gary connected back up to us, so we'll just uh, listen to another track while we continue to do that. Bear with us. We do apologise for the technical difficulties. This is Saving Grace by Josh Cunningham. Can I be forgiven? Guess I owe you some kind of apology. I've escaped that so many times. I know I'm only living by the same 
saving grace that's over me. And we've got Gary back on the line. Gary, we had some technical issues, but you have got back with us. Well, tell me where we got to, Jason. What was I talking about? Ah, uh, <laughs> now, let me have a think. We were talking about um, the pyramids in Egypt. We are talking about the fact that we've uh, gone back to Egypt because Joseph was uh, in Egypt at the time, and we've been yep. talking about Joseph, and I think that's about where we got to. Okay, but we didn't get too far along the track, did we? That's right. All right. Well, let's let's pick it up again. Um, one of the one of the most amazing things, Jason, was the fact that you know the Egyptians were obsessed with with life after death, and of course, uh, during the time of Howard Carter's excavations in Egypt, he, after six or seven seasons, uncovered the the tomb of Tutankhamun the pharaoh that they couldn't find and of course inside his tomb they found a whole lot of treasures for the afterlife things such as his his royal throne uh, a life-size chariot um, statues they found his organs in what we call the canopic chest you know these kidneys and lungs and so on and then of course they found the mummified body with the beautiful funerary mask, solid gold funerary mask. So a lot of treasures that this guy had for the afterlife. Uh, quite incredible indeed. Of course, he wasn't the only one who was buried with a lot of stuff. You may recall the, in Xi'an in China, there were the terracotta warriors buried uh, with the Emperor Kui Shu Huang back in around about 259 to 210 BC this man lived than the death pits of Ur. So many people uh, had a lot of efforts for preparing for the afterlife. Of course, with the death pits in Ur, the living were buried with the dead as their servants in the afterlife. At least mm. the Egyptians didn't do that one. That, that's a horrible thought. But you wonder why all this trouble that ancient civilizations went to, especially the Egyptians? Uh, and I think the answer is found in a text in the Bible in Ecclesiastes 3.11. Can you read that for us, please, Jason, where it, it, it talks about why all this trouble that people go to for the afterlife? Just bear with me while I find that, Gary. Maybe you read it Let if you've me. got it in front of you. Yeah, oh, there I've it is. It no, right here we go. I've got it. It says, uh, He, God, that's talking to God, uh, talking about God, He has put eternity in their hearts. Yeah, we... We all of us seem to want to live forever. Don't, no matter what civilization you go to, ancient and present, people seem to want to live beyond what we've got now. And uh, the Egyptian of course, belief, of course, was very fragile because they needed the mummies for the, for the afterlife, but they'd been gone missing from their tombs. They were stolen by the tomb robbers and so on. And now, of course, they're in museums. The treasures and the things for the afterlife were stolen, so how could they enjoy the afterlife? It's, it's very fragile. And so what we want to explore, Jason, is so how do you live forever? How do you take a journey to eternity, a real one? And uh, how can you be forever young? That's what we'll explore perhaps when we get back 
after the, the, the first song. Well, because we've just played a couple of songs, Gary, I think we'll continue and we'll move straight oh, through to our program because we, we listened to a sure, song. Because uh, I didn't hear the songs. No, I? you didn't hear it, but uh, <laughs> everyone else did, so we've already had that break, so <laughs> let's okay. keep going. Well, let's just move on. I love what we see in the book of Revelation. John sees the final climactic events in the book of Revelation, and he sees how the world will be in all sorts of upheaval. And then he sees God sends final warning messages to our planet. And I wonder if you could read the part of the first one, Jason, found in Revelation 14 and verse 6. Yeah, Revelation 14.6 says, Then I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel, to preach to those who dwell on the earth. Yeah, there it is. The everlasting gospel, or the the, the good news. Now, the, the gospel is the good news of how to have eternity, how to take a journey to eternity. In fact, it it's mentioned in 2 Timothy 1, verse 10. I wonder if you could read that for us. Yes, just give me a moment, sorry. Uh, yes, it says, Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Notice it says that life and immortality is brought to life. In other words, we, we see how we can have it, but it comes through this gospel or this everlasting good news mm. and uh, I, I think it would be good for us to go to another favourite place of mine in Israel there's a place called Nablus it, it was the place where Jacob's well was and uh, we visited it uh, a few years ago now um, and, and you can actually see the well that probably Jacob actually had and where Jesus once chatted with a lady uh, one, one time when he visited Samaria and the Bible says when Jesus talked to this lady, he came there to the well. He was thirsty and he said, could you give me a drink? Notice what he actually said as he continued the conversation. Maybe you could read it for us, Jason, if you've got it. Yeah. John four ten thirteen and 14. Yep. It says, Jesus answered and said to her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him. And he would have given you living water. Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give, that I shall give him, will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Okay. Notice, notice what it says here. If you knew the gift, so first of all, he mentions it's a gift. Hmm. He talks about living water, and again, he mentions. I could I'll give it uh, two or three times he mentions that and then of course he says this is everlasting life so he's, he's promising he says if you would have asked me I would have given you as mm. a gift just free I'd have given you living water which means everlasting life it's one no wonder this this lady responded by saying sir hey give me this water I want that um, and then and Jesus said something interesting. He said, uh, go call your husband. She said, I don't have a husband. Hmm. She said, you're right. You're an honest lady. You've, you've had husbands and the guy you're living with right now is not your husband. Now, what was Jesus doing right at that point? He was really trying to say to this lady, look, I have this gift of water, which is eternal life, but you're not ready for it until you acknowledge 
that you have a, a problem. Mm-hmm. And that problem is what we call the sin problem. Because the Bible says, all of us are sinners. And he was pointing out to this lady, my dear, you are a sinner and you need to first of all acknowledge that before you can accept this gift. You, you're not going to appreciate it until you realize, oh, I've got a problem. So all of us are sinners. In fact, it tells us that in the book of Romans, chapter 3, verse 10 and 23. I wonder if you could read that for us, Jason. Sure. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Now you'll notice it says there's none righteous, no, not one. All have sinned, that's past tense, and fall short of the glory or the character or the goodness of God. We we don't live up to the right standard even today. That's present tense. And the Bible says that that's a massive problem because sin brings eternal death. I wonder if we could read another couple of verses for or verse 23 of Romans 6. Just read that for us. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Now you'll notice there he contrasts death with eternal life. So really he's talking about the wages of sin or the consequences of sin is actually eternal death. That's what he's really getting at. Not just death now, but we'll never live forever. Uh, Quite a serious problem, isn't it? Mm. A very serious problem. And uh, so, you know, this lady, he finally, she was confronted. My problem, I'm living with, I've had five husbands and the guy I'm living with is not my husband. Wow. Um, yeah, I've got a problem here. So Jesus was able to help this lady as they they continued. He shared with her now the good news of God. Now, let's talk about the good news. It's called the gospel of God. Now, it's called the gospel of God, this everlasting gospel, because it comes from the love, God's great heart of love for all people. The Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave. Now, and of course, love found a way to bring us eternal life. So we've got, God loves us, but we've got this problem. And so now what happens is God says, right, I've got a, I've got a plan that can help you get from eternal loss to eternal life, <laughs> from eternal death to eternal life. And that plan is found in the second thing the gospel is. It's called the gospel of Jesus Christ. So it's not just the gospel of God, meaning God loves us, but because of his love, his love found a way to bring eternal life. I wonder if you could read for us 1 John 4, verse 9, please, Jason. 1 John 4, verse 9 says, In this the love of God was manifested towards us, that God sent his only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through him. So you notice, God loved us and so he sent his only begotten son he only had one son and he sent him what a beautiful thing for us eh? Mm. and what's for so we could live meaning we could have life eternal through him and of course Jesus who is Jesus well Jesus according to the Bible is called Emmanuel in the book of Isaiah which means God is with us Uh, God, our creator, became a creature because the Bible says very clearly that Jesus is God Almighty, the creator, from eternity is. 
I, I'd like you to read John 1, verse 13 and 14, Jason. This is in one, chapter 1, verse 1, 3 and 14. This amazing picture of who Jesus really is. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God. Sorry, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. What an incredible picture. This Word, he says, made everything. And that's how creation took place, wasn't it? God spoke and it was done. God said, it says in Genesis. So he says, but this word that created everything was God, made that clear. And then he says that word became flesh or became a human being. This is Jesus. But God's love went much greater than him just becoming a human. Uh, The Bible says while he was God, yes, he's in human flesh as well. But look at 1 John 4 verse 10. Read that for us, Jason. This is mind-boggling. In this is in this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. What does that mean, Gary, that word propitiation? That's a fancy word, isn't it? Mm. <laughs> but let's notice, first of all, a couple of things. Again, John says he loved us. So what did he do? He sent his son to be the propitiation. Well, propitiation, simply, this this idea of propitiation is it's a pagan idea originally, um, or used by the pagans. It was a sacrifice to appease an angry God. That's what it first of all meant for the pagans. So you bring a sacrifice uh, to appease an angry God. You bring a sacrifice to remove sin. You bring a sacrifice to bring two parties who have been at, at loggerheads together again. So this was pagan propitiation. And they, they, they practiced human sacrifice because the most costly sacrifice, of course, would be what, Jason? Death. A, a human being, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's right. Nothing yeah. more costly than a human mm. being. So um, they sacrificed kids, especially in, in uh, people like the the Phoenicians and the Canaanites. So humans were sacrificed to do all those things. Now, God, in the Word of God, in the Bible, God picks up a term that everybody understood, but he gives it a beautiful twist. It's not humans are bringing this sacrifice. It's God who's bringing the sacrifice. Mm. God sends his own son. In fact, God was the sacrifice. (laughs) God doesn't send second fiddle, so to speak. His son is also God Almighty, as we just read, the creator of the whole universe. And it's God that does the reconciling. So he picks this word up, which people understand, but he twists it and says, no, all this comes from God. He's the sacrifice. He brings the sacrifice and he does the reconciling. Isn't that incredible, Jason? It is. It is. Mind-boggling love of God, not like those pagan fictitious gods. In fact, read for us what John says. He he points out that this was a sacrifice in Revelation chapter 5 and verse 9. Read that one for us. It says, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation. 
What an incredible thing that is, Jason. It says he was slain. That means he was sacrificed to redeem every single person on the planet. It was by his death or by his blood, it says. Every single person. God's a global lover. That's the beautiful thing I love about God. Mm. Amen. And, and I want us to think, what, 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 how do you understand that word redeem, Jason? What, what sense do you understand that word? I think for me that means uh, a change of destiny, <laughs> one that uh, was headed in the wrong direction and is now uh, turned yes. around into the right direction. Right, exactly. He's, he's been redeemed in the sense that he's, he's been brought back and the, the word itself comes from a marketplace in the ancient Roman world where someone went to the marketplace, saw something very valuable and paid a price for it, for, as you said, to bring it back to the rightful place. Mm. So mm. that word redeemed means that somebody values us. God values us. We're wanted. So he paid an enormous price for us. I love the way it says it in Isaiah 63.9. Maybe you could read that for us, Jason. Beautiful way of put words here. Yeah, it says in Isaiah 63, 9, in his love and in his pity, he redeemed them. Yeah, isn't that awesome? It is. Why did God redeem us? Because he loved us. Mm. Uh, And it came at the cost of the death of God in human flesh. You know what that says to me, Jason? God values us human beings more than his own life Mm. because he gave his life. Mm. That is unbelievable. We might uh, take well, a pick up. We might take a break. Yeah, Gary. before we go, we will. Before we go there, I want to come back after the next song. Two fundamental truths that are vital for us to take this journey to eternity. We need to understand them. Okay, we're going to listen to this next song. It's called "What Love Really Means" by JJ Heller. <laughs> He cries in the corner where nobody sees He's the kid with the story no one would believe He prays every night Dear God, won't you please Could you send someone here who will love me? Who
This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM, and this morning we're talking with Gary Webster, all the way from Western Australia, and uh, we've been talking about this topic of, uh, I guess, uh, eternal life in a way, isn't it, and how to attain eternal life. So, Gary, uh, let's uh, continue our discussion. It sounds like yeah, you. Jason, it I, sounds like there's a bit of rain where you are. We can't do anything yeah, about had, that. <laughs> we had an awesome day yesterday. Blue sky all day, and I woke up this morning, and the place is bucketing with rain and yeah. rain. So, if you can hear that, enjoy enjoy some good weather from Perth. Yeah, liquid sunshine down here. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let's talk about this, Jason. There are two fundamental truths that we need to grasp in order to understand. So, how can we actually really have life? after death how can we live forever how can we take a journey to eternity the first one is this that sin leads to death and the second one is righteousness leads to eternity mm. and and the the text in the bible that spells that out clearly is found in romans five twenty one, which i think you should read for us jason it says, as sin reigned in death, even so might grace reign through righteousness to eternal life. There it is, spelled out very clearly. Sin reigns in death and righteousness to eternal life. Now that brings us to what happened when Jesus died on the cross. Because remember it says that we have eternal life through his shed blood, through his death. What took place? there. Well, 2 Corinthians chapter 5.21 says these incredible words. He, that's God, the Father, made him, that's Jesus, the Son, who knew no sin. And there's no sin that Jesus ever committed. Nothing. But God made him sin to be sin for us because he took our sin. He took the sin of every single person who's ever lived on the planet. He was made sin, it says. What for? So that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Now, just think about that for a moment. This is really telling us that when Jesus died on the cross, it was like a great exchange place. Our sin, the sin of every one of us, was taken by him, and therefore it caused his death. Because what is the wages of sin, Jason? The wages of sin is death. Exactly. So if he took sin, our sin, then he should die. And that's exactly what happened. Then, of course, righteousness gives eternal life. So when we accept Christ, his righteousness is counted or credited to us as if it was ours. So uh, it's a bit like, you know, imagine, Jason, you, you know, you, you've got a dollar in the bank, okay? I'm sure you have a couple of dollars more than that. But anyway, let's just assume that you have a dollar in the bank and come Friday morning, you go to the bank and you find that there's a $1,000 in there. You know you didn't put it in there. Mm. It's very clear that someone must have credited to your account. Mm. So this is what happens to us as far as God's concerned. When we accept Jesus and we believe he died for me on that cross, when we believe that, what happens is God credits to us the very righteousness of Christ, as if it was ours. It's, it's sort of counted to our ledger, so to speak. Mm. 
we are counted as if we never sinned. That's unbelievable, isn't it? Mm. So you can see the great exchange. He takes our sin, therefore he dies. It's almost if like... If we take him, oh, sorry. therefore we are counted... Sorry, Gary. Go ahead. I was just going to say, it's almost like it's too good to be true. It is too good to be true. You got <laughs> it right on the head, knocked it right on the head, James. It's far too good to be true. <laughs> but it is true. It's it's not... <laughs> It's not, but it is true. Yes, God doesn't lie. The Bible says He can't lie. It's impossible for Him to lie. So He's telling us this. It is absolutely too good to be true. When we accept Him, we count it as if we never sinned. What a, what an amazing thing! And of course, what is what happens if we're righteous? Righteousness leads to eternal life. Eternal life. So now that we're counted as if we never sinned, that we're counted righteous, in other words, we have eternal life. That's the amazing thing. And that brings us, Jason, to the third thing about the gospel. We've seen two things. Number one, it's the gospel of God's love. He does this sheerly, purely because he loves his kids. Second thing, it's called the gospel of Jesus because it comes through Jesus and what he did when he died on the cross. Thirdly, it's called the gospel of grace, which means it's absolutely free. What if you could read a passage from the book of Ephesians. Paul came to Ephesus and preached the same gospel that we're talking about, and then he wrote to his friends in Ephesus a little later on. I wonder if you could read that for us, Jason. Yeah, it says... Uh, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, actually. Yeah, 2, 8 and 9 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Isn't that awesome? Mm. It's the gift of God, he says. Now, how much does a gift cost, Jason? It's free. It costs <laughs> nothing. Exactly. It's a, it's a stupid question, isn't it? Of course, everybody knows a gift is free. It doesn't cost you anything. You can't buy it. You can't earn it. That's the definition of a gift. Read for us Galatians. Well, I'll read Galatians 2.16. It's got some fancy words here. A man is not justified. Now, that word means not um, counted righteous before God. He's not righteous before God by the works of the law. In other words, by obedience to God's law. So a person is not right before God by what he does, even keeping God's laws. Paul says, For by the works of the law there shall no flesh be justified or be counted righteous in God's sight. So, Jason, what the Bible is telling us here, it's not because of what we do, but it's because of something else. In fact, have you ever tried to uh, pull yourself up by your shoestrings? It's a very hard thing to do. Yeah, I've tried, but it doesn't work. <laughs> it, you just can't do it. Um, you know, when you're a little kid, you try to do some stupid things, don't you, sometimes? Mm. <laughs> we can't do it. And it's a bit like that. It's impossible for us to be right with God by what we do. That's what the Bible's saying. So then how do we receive this gift? Well, notice what it says. Uh, in the Bible as far as receiving this gift is concerned. Read for us. Well, first of all, let me let me spell out. There's two things. Number one is we must actually just believe. We must put our trust in God. Read for us John 3.16, this famous text, Jason. Whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So notice, whoever believes. 
Now, believe, to believe is to trust. It's to put your trust in what someone has said. You know, I guess you've flown a few times, Jason. I sure have. Yes, I've uh, flown not as much as you go, but I have flown a few times. Yeah, now, when you get on that plane, do you sort of bite your fingernails wondering whether that guy up in the front of the plane, the, the pilot, can fly that thing? I think there's an assumption that if he's up there, then he can probably fly the plane. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, if I, if I went up there, I think you'd jump off. But anyway, because <laughs> I wouldn't have a clue how to fly one of these machines. But, yeah, we don't sit there and, and, and stress over whether this guy can fly the thing. We just put our trust in him. You know, same on a bus. You jump on a bus, you don't think for a moment, does this guy have the right deal? You just, you just trust the guy. I remember hearing about the great Blondin, uh, the tightrope walker, you know, um, he was he was brilliant. Be able to walk across Niagara Falls with a with um, you know on a tightrope, and then he's everybody cheered him. And then some, and then he says, "Well, do you reckon I could carry a man on the back?" And the people said, "Of course you could, no problem." He says, "Okay, who's going to jump on my back?" And no one moved. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't really trust the guy, did they? Mm. But that's what it means. We put our trust in what God... In other words, we take God at his word. If he says, he who has the Son has life, then we have life. It's a bit like life support system, isn't it? Mm. Gary, you know? Um, I know there's more to this, and we're going to talk about another point after the break, but uh, it's time to go to a break, and I want to just uh, tell our listeners about our free uh, book offer for today, sure. if that's all right, and we'll come back yep. and we'll continue on with our next part. We've also had some interaction, so after the break we might uh, share some messages from people as well. So uh, the book offer today is called Surprised by Love, The Unexpected Rescue of God's Children by Elizabeth Vera Talbot. This is a story of God's love for his children, his excitement and the plans he's made to be together with them through eternity. It is also the story about the kidnapping of of God's children and what he did in order to rescue them. This is the first ever woman's sharing book that shows how God simply refuses to go through eternity without you and me. So that's a great little book. We'll give you the code to get that right after the break. But uh, right now it's time to have a listen to uh, And Can It Be by Mac Powell. And can it be I should gain an interest in the Savior's blood. Died He for me who caused His pain, for me who Him to death pursued. Amazing love, how can it be that Thou, my God, shouldst die for me? Amazing love, how can it? Should stay for me. Tis a mystery all the immortal dies. Who can explore his strange design? In vain the firstborn seraph tries to sound the depths of love divine. Tis mercy. Wow. 
Listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM, and that was Mac Power with And Can It Be. Now, before the break, I did promise the code for today's book, and today's book is called Surprised by Love The Unexpected Rescue of God's Children. It's a great little book, and uh, you can text in a code to get that book, and we'll send it out to you. The code for today is DIG15, that's D I G, and the number 15. Text that into zero four eight 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 zero eight nine one. We'll get that out to you as soon as we can. Um, and uh, I mentioned earlier that we had a couple of people texting in with uh, some messages. Uh, David from Ellenbrook, Perth, uh, WA, says, uh, good morning, Gary. And uh, that's all he says. So good yeah, morning, David. Good morning to David. Yeah, yeah. thanks for texting in, uh, David, and thanks for listening. Uh, we also had another uh, person text in, Michael. Thanks for texting in, Michael. Um, I, I understand this point. There's a nervous feeling when flying because planes have crashed. And I know many people are very anxious when they get on a plane um, because planes have crashed. You're right. And But he goes on to say that Abraham, the father of faith, knew God's plane cannot crash. His word was enough. And that is true, I believe, Gary. So, uh, yeah, thanks, Michael, for texting in. Now, Gary... Uh, we were just at a point. Actually, it looks like we've lost Gary again. We'll have to see whether he comes back. We might just have to play another song right now. Let's uh, go to another song, and hopefully we'll be able to get back Gary back again. Got some bad weather happening today, which is affecting our connections, I think. So uh, here is BJ Thomas with no, Where No One Stands Alone. Once I stood in the night With my head bowed low In the darkness as black as could be Okay, we've got uh, Gary back. I'm not sure what happened there, but uh, we lost him, but he's back now again. So, uh, Gary, we just got to the point of the next step that we need to talk about in this uh, this journey to eternal life. Where, where did we get to? Yeah, well, we're talking about, first of all, the fact that to have eternal life, we must believe, or we must put our trust, we must take God at his word. 
Uh, faith is like coming just as we are. It's like the hand that reaches out to grab hold of the gift that we're talking about. We just say thank you for the gift. But there's a second thing the Bible talks about, and that's repentance. We pick it up here in Mark. Jesus is talking. He says, Jesus came to Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God, the gospel we're talking about. And he said, the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. So there are two things. Well, what does repentance mean? Well, it means a change of mind. This is what the word means. We choose to go in a new direction. We've been going in the wrong direction, and now we choose to go in the right direction. So this is what the word repentance means, a change of mind. And by the way, Jason, we can't even repent of ourselves. The Bible says repentance is a gift. The moment a person comes to Christ, that's the moment they receive eternal life. They're pardoned. And then God repentance comes in and we say, Lord, I'm so sorry for what I've done in the past. I want you to take me in a new direction. Repentance mm. itself is a gift. I think the best way to, to, to see this, uh, these two concepts of how to have eternal life is, is like we're lost at sea. We're holding on to a piece of, of driftwood, you know, and some boat comes by and they throw us a life buoy. Now, we can either, you know, grab hold of that life buoy and let go of the driftwood or just keep holding on to the driftwood and not grab hold of it and we get, we we we're going we're not going to have we're not going to be saved mm. so those two things repentance is like letting go the driftwood faith is grabbing hold of the life boy that's thrown to us the gift of life we must grab hold of it so it's a tremendous a tremendous thing eternal life is a gift Jason, we just uh, you just played that beautiful song, and, and Can It Be That I Should Gain? You notice that one? Who was written by? Charles Wesley? Yeah. You know, Charles Wesley was a minister of the gospel, and he thought with his brother John that it's what we do that gives us eternal life. So they did a lot of good things, you know. They visited the sick they visited prisons, they gave out food, they prayed, they fasted. They thought that doing all these things would somehow give them eternal life. A bit like what Paul talked about. He said, however, by the works of the law, in other words, by doing what's right, we can't be right with God that way because we've got, <laughs> we're incomplete. We, you know, we, we've not done right in the past and we fall short, we read. So one day Charles Wesley was very sick and the gardener came to visit him <laughs> and the gardener said to him, he said, Charles, are you ready to meet God? Because he was, you know, on his deathbed as well. Charles said, well, I've tried to be a good person. The gardener said, not good enough, Charles. He said, what do you mean it's not good enough? Would you rob me of my best endeavors my best deeds said gardener persisted you know we we can only be right with god charles by throwing ourselves so to speak on jesus and claiming what he did when he died on that cross and charles wesley did that and that's the song that he wrote that we just had and can it be that i should gain an interest in the savior's blood could it be that that even me says charles has 
gained eternal life because of what Jesus did for me. So incredible, incredible story behind that song, Jason, the story of Charles and in a similar way, John Wesley's own experiences. Mm, mm. The, uh, obviously, the version that we listened to was a, uh, an, a, a different arrangement of that, but I think the words were much the same. So, yeah. The, the words they, were the same. Yeah. Yeah, the same words. Yeah, different arrangement. You're yeah, right. Yeah, that's right. Jason, I like that book that we're giving today. Our, 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 our listeners will love that book. I mean, Elizabeth Talbot is a great speaker, and, uh, you know, they'll, they'll find it's a, a, a wonderful book to get hold of surprised by love text in dig 15 to 0488880891 to get your copy of surprised by love so gary uh where are we going to go next week in your program you'll be back in tassie next week which uh, hopefully will mean that uh we have less <laughs> technical problems <laughs> yeah we had a few of those today didn't we yes jason i'm going to be talking about life after life what happens when we die i'll be talking about things like so what about out-of-body experiences what about uh contacting the dead is all this possible what's going on here what about haunted houses so i want to pick up that in our our program next week jason awesome and of course tomorrow uh on our series we've got 3mj that's uh Ryko Chilich with his the mission message and movement of jesus He'll be talking about the faithful and unfaithful servant. Now, uh, we've uh, run out of time now. We've had a few people text in to get the books. Just remember that code, DIG15. You can text in any time. And if you've got any other questions or comments, you can also text in at any time and we will get back to you as soon as we can. And uh, I know we've had some other questions come in and we'll uh, get back to you. Gary will uh, touch base and uh, we'll get back to you uh, about those questions. We'll have a listen to this song entirely now. BJ Thomas. Once I stood in the night With my head bowed low In the darkness as black as could be And my heart felt alone And I cried, oh Lord, don't hide your face from me. Hold my hand all the way, every hour, every day, from here to the grave I may live in a palace so tall With great riches to call my own But I don't know a thing 
in this whole wide world that's worse than being alone. 